Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to another episode of Cinema Wheeler Tay. It's, uh, it's uh, me, Sean Wheeler, and I'm here with Tony and Scott, and, and uh, we're enjoying some uh, Christmas cheer right now because uh, the holidays are upon us, and uh, we were talking about our uh, Christmas movies in general, whether we're a fan, whether we're not a fan, or... Big fan, over here. <laughs> yes, uh, that's been well pointed and well documented. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas movies, to me in general, like it's a very touchy thing. Like they can either work in spades when they do work, yeah. or it can get really overly sentimental and and really bad very quickly. Yeah. Like there's this, the the standard that people that all people judge Christmas movies on, and that's It's a Wonderful Life. Which is the best. Mm-hmm. From a lot of people's opinion, yes, yeah. that is mm-hmm. the best. Or <laughs> if you go into Hallmark ABC mm-hmm. family Which territory. Is not so right, yeah. Which, could, you know, I don't even consider those like real true Christmas movies. I feel like they're just a dime a dozen. They're, you know, kind of inauthentic. And I feel like they're just trying to pump out another holiday movie to put it on their 12 Days of Christmas program that they do. You know, like they just don't, they don't hold up. No, no. It's usually about a divorcee who's looking yeah. for love somewhere in the big city or during Christmas. Or some kind of meet cute that happens, and the guy's with another girl, but then somehow they meet up, and then they end up falling in love and dating, and now you know it's New Year's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's usually the case. So, um, one of the movies, like, I think we should start off with, it's the, for a lot of people, the Christmas movie. When I mentioned it earlier. It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Uh I've seen it enough over the years, and I'm a, I have a lot of respect for the movie. Number one, I love Jimmy Stewart. He's probably yeah. one of my favorite oh, yeah. actors. And for a lot of people, that's the definitive Jimmy Stewart role, George mm-hmm. Bailey. Um, but I know, Scott, you're not a big fan of that movie. You've what? mentioned a couple times. or Well, I, I wasn't until I saw the whole movie. Um, <laughs> oh, we so watched good. it on my birthday yeah, last I watched year. It, yeah, I liked it a lot I better did. when I saw it all the way through. I, I would say it's not my favorite Jimmy Stewart movie. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it some other time, but um, I'm not. I just think it's it's really old fashioned, and I don't think it's old fashioned in the best way. I think it's kind of old fashioned, and you know, I don't know. It's just kind of hokey in parts, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> He's looking at me because that's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just, I don't know. No, I, it's never hit me the way that other... I love Jimmy Stewart, and I think he's great in the movie. I just, it's just not hit me the same way other movies. Like The Christmas Story, or... that that To me, that's the ultimate Christmas movie. Um, is that, you know... And that's what you guys also grew up with. Mm-hmm. So you also have to take that into consideration, too. People grow up with different movies, and for them, like we were talking about earlier, Home Alone is in many ways a quintessential Christmas movie for me. In 1990, I was five when that came out. I was the mm-hmm. target market. So I grew up with that movie, whereas someone who is an 80s kid or who's older, they might not identify with it. I think the same goes for a lot of these older movies, too. Um, like, I grew up with It's a Wonderful Life, and I love Jimmy Stewart, so for me, it's a tradition to watch it every year. And mm-hmm. and I think also what really captures my heart about that movie is not so much some of the things that you mentioned. It's more so the message behind the movie. I think mm-hmm. it's a timeless message and, you know, feeling like you're stuck in life or you're going through a rough pit and then being able to, you know, have some kind of event or moment or dream or 
you know, angel encounter or whatever that makes you realize that you really do have a great life and that you are blessed mm -hmm. and that there are people who care about you. And even though you're going through a hard time, things will get better. It's just a moment in time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, for me, one of the things I really love about that movie because certain certain points in my life, like about four years ago when I graduated college, I was kind of in a rough patch. I couldn't find a job and I just relocated to a new city and I didn't have any friends and I didn't know anyone. And I remember it was the summertime, but I used to just watch It's a Wonderful Life because I loved it. And it also just made me feel good about my life. And it made me feel like there was hope and that, you know what, I'll find, I'll find something, you know, it'll all kind of work out. So in a very long roundabout way, that's one of the reasons why I personally love that movie because it's, it's kind of been there for me. Yeah, and I think the movie, I think it was like uh, Jimmy Stewart's first film after, he served in the war, he yeah, served in World War II, and I think that's the first movie he made after coming back from the war. So I think it kind of captures kind of a post-war mm -hmm. kind of maybe uncertainty. Where are we going after mm -hmm. we served and we went through this all this chaos in the war, and now we're coming back and we have to find our yeah. purpose and where do we fit in, you know? So yeah. there, there seemed to be a lot of that going on in 1946 when the movie was released. Yeah. Um, no, go ahead. No, I agree. Um, I was going to say with, uh, you know, Frank, Frank Capra directed it, and he's, a, he's an amazing director. He worked with Jimmy Stewart, and uh, I think Mr. Smith goes to Washington. So he always liked uh, uh, using Jimmy Stewart as kind of like his representative of the common man going through. American yeah. yeah. So, and I'm a fan of Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. And I think I am too. And, and I, one of the other things, just to touch on it, is Wonderful Life kind of coincides with the message that I really love is just the giving nature of it, that if you're a good person who gives to others and helps others, just like George Bailey did, that in some way, shape, or form, it'll all come back to you when you need it. Yeah. People will be there for you, and they'll love you, and they'll help you in, in a different way, but they'll help you, you know, just as you help them. And I think it's a very character-building kind of movie to see, you know, to say, hang in there you know you mm -hmm. might be having a tough patch now but if you keep being a good person and you keep giving and keep doing everything you can to help other people you know your time will come and we also learned that bankers are evil That's yeah <laughs> mr potter oh, yeah yeah i don't yeah, like exactly. how mr the potter is just uh, it's all right it's just, <laughs> just very based the movie i just thought it was just like oh, i'm angry and i'm an angry baker but mr potter is probably the most interesting person to me in the movie. You, you should write some fan fiction with, <laughs> with the story from Mr. Potter's point of view. Maybe you know? Harry Potter grows up to be Mr. Potter. You mean Harry Bailey? Yeah. I'm no, sure Harry a lot Potter. of people... I'm sure a lot oh, of people... Oh, Harry Potter the wizard? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are already thinking that we're talking about Harry Potter when we say mm -hmm. Mr. Potter, too. But you had mentioned earlier, Scott, that you felt kind of like the movie was hokey. Mm -hmm. And tying into what Sean had just said... That movie was made right after the war, and mm -hmm. Capra's desire was to lift people's spirits. He wanted to instill that hope that better things were coming. And so I think in some ways maybe you're right to say that it is a little hokey, but I think it's hokey for a reason, for, you know, a good purpose. It, mm -hmm. it isn't like the Lifetime movies that are just hokey for to be hokey. Yeah. You know, this was actually something I think that Americans enjoyed at the time and maybe even needed. Right. I, I think Scott's looking at it from a post-9-11 context, and that's mm -hmm. probably what's throwing him off with his... Yeah. <laughs> his, no. his I just... I don't know. I just never... I've seen it, you know... I'm sure we'll do a full podcast on it. I don't want to talk about it too much, but, uh, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, it's just... 
It's an okay movie. It's not my favorite, I'll yeah. just say. It's not my favorite Christmas movie. Like I said, A Christmas Story is my favorite. Um, I think that really captures what families are like. Yeah. You know, they're not perfect. You mm-hmm. know, there's, um, you know, we're all trying to make, you know, it's just kind of like there's that one thing you want as a kid that we everybody can relate to. There's a, that one big present you wanted mm-hmm. when you were five or six years old. And, you know... And what parents do to make them happy, even if it's, you know, yeah. you know, I think Jingle All the Way tries to do the same thing, but it just kind of captures that. But, uh, um, yeah, like, uh, I think it's a realistic, you know, the most relatable Christmas movie, I think, the most realistic in terms of how people really were, even though it's based in the 40s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it really does reflect what most families go through, especially middle class families. Mm-hmm. In the Midwest, you know, it was filmed in Cleveland, so that, mm-hmm. you know, it was it's very close. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, and actually, when it came out, we, I, I, it wasn't only until later, you know, like 10 years after the movie came out that we, I became more aware of it. Um, I didn't know about it until we watched it at Thanksgiving. Uh, on TBS, our cousins like they play it, it like all day long. Yeah, our cousins show like, "Oh, Christmas Story, this is great," and we're watching it. And it's like, "Oh, this is awesome!" No, it's like a staple, you know. We saw it uh, in Thanksgiving. It was like in the late '80s. It had been about four or five years after the film had been released. None of us had ever heard of the movie because it was it was a box office bomb when it was released. Really? It was 1983, mm-hmm. and um, in fact, the movie was directed by uh, Bob Clark, who directed Porky's. Oh, okay. So he did a few Porky's movies so he could get that movie off the ground. Oh, and wow. mm-hmm. I, I'm like with Scott, I, I grew up with a Christmas story. It's mm-hmm. my favorite Christmas yeah. movie. Not to shortchange it to Wonderful Life. I think oh, that's no, out there. Oh, no, not at all. Absolutely. But it, it, a Christmas story has a special meaning for me because of our mm-hmm. family. We love yeah. watching. It's a tradition for us to mm-hmm. watch that movie. And uh, I love Darren McGavin as the old man in that mm-hmm. film. I, he just captures. He, play he played the father. Okay, yes. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm not familiar with that movie as you guys are. Um, I don't know why. I just we. I don't really ever remember watching that. Like we would yeah. watch Wonderful Life or mm-hmm. other kind of movies. And yeah. You know, and the thing about it's a Wonderful Life too is it's really with the with the exception of the last 20 minutes of the movie, it's really not a Christmas movie. No. When you think about it, it's more so the story of George Bailey, like in mm-hmm. his life. It isn't. It just happens to be the Christmas season at the end. Yeah, I you think know, it was it's set. really not a Christmas movie. I don't think it was intended to be a Christmas. No, movie. I don't either. Um, now that you know, we kind of talk about it, but it's just it, that holiday sequence is at the end, and for whatever reason, people just associate it now because it's a feel-good movie, it's mm-hmm. a family movie. They just kind of associate it with the holidays. But I don't really. I wonder if it really was intended to be. A Christmas movie. No, I don't think it's not fully. Christmas is in it, but I mean, there's a lot of movies that are like Christmas Story is a definitive. Christmas Story is a Christmas movie. movie. Yeah, Christmas Story. It's a story about Christmas. Exactly. So you know, it'd be false advertising otherwise. Christmas Vacation is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Home Alone is a Christmas movie because that's it's all very vital to the plot. Is they're leaving to go on a vacation. Yeah. Although it is ironic that Home Alone is about a family that goes on vacation. And Christmas vacation is about a family that stays at home. <laughs> I, because he's only home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's, you know, neither here nor there, but. No, no. Christmas vacation is actually one of, another favorite yeah. of mine. I'm a big Chevy Chase fan. Mm-hmm. I think that was during his, like, his last great performance mm-hmm. was in yeah. Christmas vacation. And of course, Randy Quaid is outstanding in that Absolutely. as Cousin Eddie. 
just the whole family, the grandmom. Again, kind of to tie into what Scott was saying about why people really love Christmas Story is Christmas Vacation in many ways kind of um, Mm -hmm. emulated that family Christmas Mm -hmm. experience too. Yeah, it did. With the quirky relatives and people not getting along and the family drama, you know, maybe a little bit more so than Christmas Story. where Christmas Story was just the... You know, intimate family, whereas vacation was like the extended family coming into town, which is what a lot of people experience. Right. And I think uh, that's definitely the 80s. I think that was when the National Lampoon Second City guys were really moving into Mm -hmm. film. And so you had movies like Christmas Vacation and even Christmas Story, a a, a little more of a cynical bent, maybe more realistic bent on it, making fun of and satirizing the holidays and all the commercialism and and the family squabbles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet they both have their a core sentimentality to them because the families are together at the end, and yeah. you know they. they and the they, good comes, you know. Right. The good never wins the bad. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing though for me captures Christmas as well as the Christmas specials that used to run on CBS when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, they originated in the '60s. The '60s seemed to be the golden age of yeah. Christmas specials. And they usually ran on CBS, and the first one that I can remember seeing, and it's 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 near and dear to my heart, is Rudolph the Red-Nosed mm-hmm. Reindeer. The Climation? Yes, yeah. the one from uh, oh, yeah. uh, Rankin and Bass. And um, that one, I think, is, is a really great story, no matter how you look at it, whether it's film or television or mm-hmm. however, whatever medium you're talking about. I think it's a really well-told story. And one thing I noticed about the Christmas specials, and Rudolph in particular, is that they're always about misfits coming together and trying to find yeah. their, what makes them special. And I think if you've ever felt like an outcast or mm-hmm. never felt comfortable Which in your surroundings. Which everybody has at some point in time. Mm-hmm. And the, you got the Grinch, and he's like the ultimate outcast. Right, exactly. yeah. The he's, fact that yeah. he became bitter. <laughs> and that's amazing, and too. Yeah. You know. yeah. uh, and then Charlie Brown is obviously mm-hmm. yeah. trying to find his way Charlie around Brown, yeah. Charlie Brown Christmas. So. Those are the big three for me are, mm-hmm. you know, Rudolph, the Grinch, and, and, and Charlie Brown. I think for a lot of kids, I mean, I grew up with all of those, and, you know, I'm younger than you, and I think our parents probably grew up with the Claymations and Charlie Brown. The Grinch, when did he come out? Was that the 60s? That was the 60s. It was, it was 66, okay. yeah. Okay, so then they yeah. pretty much grew up with the Grinch, too, and they just, they're just eternal. Mm-hmm. They just keep going and going, and they're great. They are. Um, you know, and I think what's great is that two of those specials were were produced from the works of geniuses, as far as I'm concerned. And one was Charles Schultz for the uh-huh. Peanuts, yeah. And then one was uh, Dr. Seuss for yeah. uh, The Grinch. And and I was raised on both both mm-hmm. of those properties, Dr. Seuss and Peanuts. And one has Burrow Ives, who's a genius all over. <laughs> who's own. amazing, yeah. yeah. In fact, he's the biggest genius we've talked about <laughs> in this podcast. Is Burrow Ives. I think the thing too that that's uh, really timeless about those uh, specials is just. The message that they bring, you know, there's always kind of that happy triple ending or a character going through a struggle that learns something and comes out on the other side and really sees and feels the true meaning of the Christmas spirit, like the Grinch. And then even with Rudolph, you know, they're kind of on that journey and that quest and, you know, the abominable snowman. And, and it's just nice to see, uh, you know, just that Christmas spirit. But the Charlie Brown is just incredible. The soundtrack, t- to me, I... That's all the Christmas music I need, and I'll be happy. And I love Christmas music, so mm-hmm. that says a lot. But I love that Charlie Brown. 
Christmas uh, album. I'm 100% behind you there, Tony. Like, I mm-hmm. love Vince Guaraldi's score Me for the too. Peanut Specials. Mm-hmm. And that Christmas special in particular is brilliant. I think it's some of the best music ever produced, period. I do, too. Yeah. I think he's amazing. Everyday listening, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, seriously, the Charlie Brown Christmas album, you can pop in and just listen to any time of the year. I do. Mm-hmm. I listen to it all the time at the office. It's just relaxing, and it's familiar and comforting because of that, you know? And we should, you should check out his, his other soundtracks for the other Peanut specials, too. Mm-hmm. They're always fantastic oh, and they're always yeah. great. Uh, you know, I think he's amazing. I, it's one of my favorite albums. It's, mm-hmm. it's my go-to Christmas album mm-hmm. is a Charlie Brown Christmas uh, I think the songs from Rudolph are great. I think they weren't are. they? Holly Jolly Christmas, yeah, um, and Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, all the bro lives. The dentist yeah. song. I oh, wish yes. a dentist. Yeah. Uh, that that's good. The Grinch had a great song. That's a great song. Yes, who does that? I don't that's know it offhand, uh, but he's he has such a deep voice. You're a mean one. Yeah, that that's Mr. that's Bunch. it. The special that special is directed by Chuck Jones, who was noted for directing a lot of the great Looney Tunes shorts. Mm. Uh, He's a okay. genius with animation, and, and that's obviously one of his best works, too, is the Grinch special. Uh, the dog is a classic Chuck yes, Jones character. It's dog. a lot like, you know, Sylvester and the Wiley e. Coyote, the same expressions, yeah. the wide-eyed. Uh, I absolutely love Chuck Jones. I'm a, I'm a Chuck yeah. Jones fanatic. <laughs> well, uh, Thurl Ravenscroft, the voice of Tony the Tiger, did the, the song for the Grinch. That wow. makes so much that's sense. Wow, that's a... Great! Wow, that mind is blown. You know, it's. uh, um, I just like how I love the insults in that song. Oh, they're terrific! The lyrics are great in that song. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I can't recite any of them offhand. Something about you're a three-decker toadstool sandwich with sauerkraut (laughs) and arsenic (laughs) sauce. They're just like these really quirky, odd insults. You nauseate me, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> that was fantastic. I, I think Boris Karloff narrated that special, too. He was oh, a narrator. Really? So they had a lot of great people involved with that. Even, you know, I have to say, even the, um, I think it came out in the early 2000s, the Grinch movie with Jim Carrey. That was, I thought that was pretty well done. I could not get into no? that. I, I think it's just the love I have for the special. I thought, I think Ron Howard directed that I movie. I think so, too. It was so over the top, well, and yeah. the direction was all over the place, and Jim Carrey was mugging to the camera most of the time. Mm-hmm. I just, Yeah. Yeah, the, the lyrics are quite... Yeah. Quite lyrical. His <laughs> <laughs> lyrics tend to be... You're, you're a nasty, wasky skunk. Your heart is full of unwashed socks. Your soul is full, full of, of gunk, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> the three best words to describe you are as follows, and I quote, stink, stank, stink, stunk. Yeah. I like when Beautiful. he says something about a greasy black, you're a worse than a banana with a greasy black peel or something like that. <laughs> you're the king of sinful sots. Your heart's a dead tomato squash of moldy purple spots. <laughs> Very uh, What's the part about the, the greasy black banana peel? I wouldn't touch you or something like that. It's a great lyric. Um, yeah. That's one of the best parts of the special is the song. You're a three-decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich. sandwich. With arsenic sauce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Yeah, seasick quacker that out. That's it. Do you guys like Linus's speech from a Charlie Brown Christmas? That's one of the oh, most moving, yeah. you know. Yes, it's, it's probably the most moving and the most religious, overtly religious <laughs> speech. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't get away with that today. So no, funny. no, no. It would be a lot of controversies. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I don't even think you have to be religious to be moved by that for some no. reason. Because all he does is tell it verbatim from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And he comes back and he goes, and that's what 
Tree Meeting of Christmas, Charlie Brown ends it at that, yeah. so it doesn't get yeah. overly preachy. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's why. And it's that's amazing. why it's great is because it's so simple. It's mm-hmm. just straightforward. It's simple and it's innocent. And I think that's why it works, and that's why people really like it. Yeah. And also, consider the time. This was the 60s, where America was very much a religious cult-centered you know, country. Well, yeah. We, Christmas was really different than it is now. We had a Catholic president yeah. in the first half of the 60s, exactly. so I'm sure yeah. that played a part in... Yeah, actually, I think they did the, the Charlie Brown after the assassination of Martin Luther King. Was it? I think it was. there was some assassination that someone wrote that he should do a Christmas special. And... Uh, Charles Schwartz said, okay, and that's why they came up with it. It was actually a reaction oh, okay. to something bad that happened. Gotcha. Well, right, so. yeah, Kennedy died a few years prior to the special, yeah. I think, so like exactly. only a couple of years mm-hmm. he was assassinated. Um, what, another special I actually like, and it's somewhat obscure these days, is a claymation uh, Christmas special from the late 80s, a feature of the California Raisins, and not too many people yeah, have seen that. I mean, I, I remember that. I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of obscure yeah. these days, but I, I know it was hosted by two dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two dinosaurs. That's all I really have to say about a claymation Christmas mm-hmm. special. But I remember it being kind of innovative. I, I, th- I think they had a lot of really good, uh, really unique segments in that special that were kind of tied in. There was one that was very kind of religious. It had Toy to the World playing, mm-hmm. and you just went through a church, and you went through all this uh, kind mm-hmm. of surrealist imagery. It was very gospel oriented um i'll have to check into it but i remember that liking that very much yeah i remember the california raisins and the impact they had in the in the late 80s but i was young but i don't remember it in detail i just i just know i know what you're talking about in my mind but in my memory but i don't i'm not that familiar with it i haven't seen it enough yeah that's they went away i mean they what how long were they famous for? <laughs> Maybe for five years. They yeah, were like the big, and they just kind of the big away. deal. It was late eighties. I know mm-hmm. that they were huge. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, what a great marketing ploy. You know. <laughs> yeah. How odd the California raisins. Yeah. yeah. Well, there were a lot of really quirky, odd things in the eighties. Like, do you remember those pillow people? They were like pillow. They were like pillows. But they had arms and legs. They were called like pillow people. Anyway, no. that's, that's another weird pillow thing. people. That's that's new to, new to me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't recall. It's kind of more of a girl thing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, that's just another example of there's just the odd toys and stuff that were popular. Yeah, it goes with Cabbage Patch Kids yeah, and, and the everything else. Yeah, and all that. Well, yeah. any kind of transformative toys. Like yeah. I remember, there's like these toys that they would fold into like a ball and then you fold them out and they would be popples. Popples. Yeah. yeah. The Transformers, yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. and. Um, you're right. Which, it was very... And that's what people yeah. would ask for Christmas. I mean, those yep. are the big Christmas items that people would ask. And know Okay. Plenty I, of Transformers. What were... Just thinking back on your childhood, what was one really, really, really big Christmas item that you wanted and got? Do you remember? Well, uh, when I was... This was the 80s, obviously. And um, I know one year we got a ton of Transformers. I remember that. Like all the Transformers we wanted, we, we ended up getting, uh, we got a Nintendo for Christmas one year. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. We had the power pad. Oh yeah. We had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, what was yeah. like one gift that you really, really wanted? Like Christmas gift? story. He really, really wanted that gun. Yeah. I wanted like the hot wheels. No, not hot wheels. I wanted the, 
there was an electric powered like four wheeler that you could drive around on, and I got like, pedal power. It was like okay. a monster truck, like a Bigfoot, yeah. a, a like kid sized Bigfoot. Yeah, like a power wheel kind of thing. Yeah, power wheel. That's what yeah. they were. Not, yeah, yeah. I wanted one of those. I got a pedal power one. I didn't get the electric one that yeah. I wanted. With the pedal, it was better. I got a fire truck too. But uh, yeah, that was one I really wanted. Um, um, I think kids were just getting Nintendos at the time. I don't think I remember mm-hmm. wanting. I wanted one, but that was the one gift I wanted that I remember for sure. So I usually remember more of the gifts that I didn't expect to get, but I ended mm-hmm. up making an impact on yeah. me because I think there was this one book I got like uh, that was like an informational book on different science and animals and stuff like that. It was like a Q and A. And I absolutely loved that. I think it was like going through different topics of science, but I cannot re- remember the title. But I remember reading that extensively yeah, during the weekend. You know, I think those stick out for me more than something that I really wanted and ended up mm-hmm. getting are the ones I didn't expect to get, but ended up making an yeah. impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Christmas is different when you're a kid. You can never get that back. I mean, that's mm-hmm. in some ways it's the most exciting time in the world. Yeah, it's just like the anticipation for the full month and then it comes and mm-hmm. it's just like unbelievable excitement, you know, like presents and open I think it's the fact that you're opening up something you don't know. Opening mm-hmm. up a present, especially when you really want something, is yeah. is really, really exciting. I remember I was so excited. I, I think I might have been five. Mm-hmm. It actually may have been nineteen ninety, so I may have just turned five. And I got a Wizard of Oz Dorothy Barbie doll. Mm-hmm. And I got, like, the whole set, you oh, know, of, like, the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, the Cowardly Lion. Mm-hmm. And then I got these little, they were fake, they were plastic, but they looked like the movie slippers. And they were small, like, for little kids, you know? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, I was so excited that I had mm-hmm. my own pair of ruby red slippers. Mm-hmm. And then I had the Dorothy Barbie doll. Like, there's mm-hmm. a picture of me somewhere in time, my dad probably has it, mm-hmm. of me in, like, my cute little, like, pajama dress. Like, because we always, that was one of the things that dad always did for us girls. We always got a new fancy pair of pajamas for Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And I always picked out, like, these really pretty, like, dress-like, mm-hmm. you know, pajamas. And then we'd always get a nice Christmas dress. Every holiday, like Thanksgiving, we'd get a nice dress. Easter, a nice dress. Mm-hmm. But Christmas, because the nature of it, we would get fancy pajamas. Mm-hmm. And so there's, like, me on Christmas morning in my fancy pajamas holding up. I'm, like, squeezing the Barbie, like, so tight. Mm-hmm. I was so excited to get the yeah. Dorothy Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. I mean, you never get that and I'm, and I'm wearing the little, like, plastic ruby gut slippers. I used to wear those things everywhere in the summer. Like, those were my shoes. Mm. Oh, wow. I was obsessed with the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> I told Scott there was no Santa Claus. That yeah. was something I remember. You told Scott? Yeah. I, well, he I, showed me. Oh. He didn't just tell me. He proved it to me. <laughs> How what old were you? Was, oh, we were over at Grandma's house or something. Or you showed me where the gifts were. I did. Like, uh, I had... F- Mom, our mother, finally told me that uh, uh, there was no Santa Claus. And I was kind of devastated well, at first. How uh, It must have been like... Like seven or eight. Probably. Really? That seems young. It might have been like maybe eight or nine. I forget, but it was it was definitely. I was younger than him because he told me. Yeah, yeah he was three years. He's three years younger than me. So, uh, and I found out I got devastated. But then when I realized that they were the ones buying the gifts, I said, "Oh, maybe they're in the house somewhere." And I ended up <laughs> finding them, and I was just like, "Wow, this is amazing." Then one Where day, were they? they were in, <laughs> they were in my grandmother's basement near the bathroom. So you saw this whole section mm-hmm. of gifts there, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what those are. And, of course, they were Christmas gifts. 
which then I realized, wow, you could find your Christmas gifts easily. Yeah. But I uh, went to Scott because I guess I didn't want to keep that information to myself. And I go, hey, I want to tell you the first thing is there's no Santa Claus. I don't know what your reaction was. It must have been horrible. Because yeah, because if you were eight, he was five. Yeah. I mean, That's at so that young. point, I was like, okay, I think I was ready. You know, I think I had my suspicions. I think people naturally start not believing in Santa Claus. Because that's, yeah. that's a hard... It just it seems unrealistic. Yeah, it just... It's, it didn't matter at that point. I mean, I, I was like you, because when my, when my sister was found out, I knew, so I was really young. Yeah. I mean, you, there's only a certain amount of time that you can... Like, <laughs> three or four, you really mm-hmm. can believe it. But five, I mean, that story is what kind of starts falling apart. Well, I think my niece, Lila, still believes. She'll be six in okay. February, but I think she's still... I mean, she's still pretty young. Yeah. I think I always wanted to believe there was Santa Claus until I was yeah. told otherwise. I think I really wanted to buy into the idea that Santa Claus actually existed. it's magical, you it, know? It is. It's fun. I'm a bit of a romantic in general, so I think I, I like the idea of these things existing. Do you want Santa to romance you? Is that what That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying, yeah. Yes. No, yeah. I know what you mean. I'm the same way. So <laughs> I'm going by the traditional <laughs> romantic Roman sure. definition. Leave more than uh, cookies out this year. <laughs> yeah, I have a thing for Santa. What can I say? You know? Santa baby old fat guys with beards. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I mean, I, I think I always wanted to buy into it because like you said, it's magical. It's 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 something to believe in, you know. Yeah. I think it's kind of a cruel act in retrospect to tell people that there's no Santa Claus. I think you kind of let them play it out as long mm-hmm. as you can. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I guess we're going on a topic of how long should you keep it Santa I know some people have gone to great lengths. I think we had a school teacher that would pretend to be Santa Claus, actually climb up onto the roof. <laughs> Mr. Karenbauer. Oh really? Yeah, he would dress up like Santa and actually go on the roof and kind of prove it, you know, to kind of keep the kids thinking that there's a Santa by actually having them physically see Santa Claus mm. on the roof of a bag of toys or gifts. I mean, that's an extreme, you know. I guess it's a fun thing if you can keep it going as long as you could, you know. It's hard this day and age. It's just... You can get this on. day and age, absolutely. Oh my goodness, yeah. you can but get when online. When we were kids, it was different. It was yeah, different. yeah. You could get online and find out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even if your kid doesn't have anything, she can still go. You know, just depending on how they're interested in. But I mean, you guys can keep your kids insulated. But um, for me, I was ready. I was ready to, to not, you know, ready to, to seek the truth about the thing. And Christmas is still exciting at that point. You mm-hmm. know. So. Yeah, I think it was always exciting, even if you didn't believe. You know, mm-hmm. when you get to the point where, you know, it's not real, it, it's still exciting. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is, and uh, that kind of reminds me that there aren't a lot of great Santa Claus movies. That's the one thing I've noticed. There aren't a lot well, the, of great. Well, Santa the one we were talking about, the one with Tim Allen, mm-hmm. the Santa Claus, right? Yeah. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, Tim Allen's actually been in other Christmas movies, like Christmas <laughs> the Cranks. I haven't seen that. Hey, but it's on Netflix. If you want to petition to have the Santa Claus in the hundred greatest movies of all time on AFI <laughs> list, be my guest. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying it's the hundred greatest movies. I'm just saying you asked for a Christmas movie with Santa Claus. I gave you one. Yeah, but there aren't really a lot of them have bombed. You know, either either they stick to the traditional Santa and they don't do well, or they try to find some weird perverse take on Santa, like like like. Tim like Allen. Yeah. Well, Tim Allen is perverse in a different way, but I was also thinking like uh, like there was a killer Santa movie in the eighties, right? Like I remember that people. one. Yes. Yeah, it was a slasher film. Well, I don't remember yeah. the name of it though. Is it? Uh, but I know what you're talking about. It's like uh, I forget the title, but it's something that um, 
It might just be called like the Santa Claus or Santa something. Yeah. Is it but, Black Christmas? I don't know. It might be black. Maybe black. Yeah, Black Christmas sound. Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's the name of the movie. Oh. Silent Night, Deadly Night okay. was the name of the film. Um, yeah, so Santa kind of has has not had a mm-hmm. he's kind of had a spotty track record in film. I think you know. Isn't there Santa Claus the movie? That's with Tim Allen. No, Santa Claus the movie. That was oh. actually with Dudley Moore. Oh, uh, okay. I forget who played Santa in the film, but uh, there was it was actually called Santa Claus the movie. It was in the mid eighties. It was a big bomb. It was supposed to be a hit, but it turned out to be a bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holiday movies are tough. They have to have the right formula, you know. Whether that's like the family angle or the romantic angle or magical angle, whatever, they're really. I think they're really tough because when they're when they have the purpose of being a Christmas movie, unlike Wonderful Life and whatnot. But um, yeah, I think that's probably a really hard thing to a hard genre to master. It was easier to make Christmas movies, I think, in the '30s and '40s during the golden age of Hollywood, mm-hmm. when people were less cynical about things, at least yeah. on the surface, like. It's a Wonderful Life is a great example, but also Miracle on 34th Street That's is a classic. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Meet Me in St. Louis. Louis. Meet Me in St. Louis, yeah. Uh, and, and then Christmas Carol. And Christmas Carol, right. Which is great. Any of the versions of the Christmas Carol. Absolutely. Even Scrooged is good. Yeah, that's a great tale no matter how you yeah. package it. Um, and then there, there's a movie like White Christmas, which is not aiming for the same... It's like a musical, like Holiday Inn. It's yeah, similar. you know, yeah. Bing Crosby is Christmas for a lot yes. of people more than anybody, and you know, and that's probably the quintessential yeah. Bing Crosby Christmas movie. Um, it's fluffy, but in a great way. It's a yeah. feel good. I, I think those are the movies that well, really capture. Well, it's capture. a musical, so right away going into it, you know that it's going to be that yeah. lighthearted, happy feet kind of. There might be some kind of stickiness in it, but it'll work itself out. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I think the last Christmas movie that people seem to be generally behind is Elf with Will Ferrell. Yeah, that might Elf. be the last great Christmas movie that's been released. I remember that. That, that. that is a good movie. And, and again, you know why? Because they hit every nail on the head. They have the romance aspect, the childlike family aspect, the magical aspect, the goofy aspect. I really think they covered all their corners. Yeah. And I think that's why it's done so well. Another one I loved was uh, Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton. Yes. I, I've never fun. seen it. That, that's, that's, fun. A, that's a good movie. You know what one I love? I'll Be Home for Christmas with J.T. Yeah. <laughs> it came out in 1998, yeah. I believe. And Jessica Biel is his love interest. Mm-hmm. And he plays like a college kid trying to get from the West Coast back to the East Coast where he lives. Um, I don't want to give away too much of the plot because it's amazing. It's on Netflix. Everybody check it out. Um, I've seen it about twice now mm-hmm. in the short time that it's been available on Netflix. It's Capra-esque, isn't it? Um, <laughs> no, not at all, but it's it's JTT. I don't even need to say anything else. It's JTT in a Santa suit circa yeah. 1998. <laughs> you know who did the score for, or the musical score for Santa Claus the movie? Who? Henry Mancini. Really? <laughs> oh, and it did, wow. It did terrible. It has a 17% wow. on Rotten Tomatoes. What year was that? 1985. Yeah, that okay. was great. So, Smack dab in the middle yeah. of the 80s. Well, the 80s, you know, is a little bit of a tricky decade because you had so much coming out. You had, you know, the science fiction, mm-hmm. the porkies and all that kind of crazy. I, I want to call college humor is mm-hmm. what I want to kind of call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the horror, a lot of the horror movies. So it's kind of a tricky decade. There was so much going on. 
There was, and, I, and a prime example of that is I clearly remember a Christmas episode of He-Man, Masters of the Universe, which makes me wonder, why were they worshipping Christ on Eternia? <laughs> it's a completely <laughs> different universe, and yet they were celebrating Christmas. Yeah. You know, that, that's, just a, that's just a poor cash-in from a writer's perspective. <laughs> we have to throw in a Christmas episode with yeah. Marco. There is, okay, so I have a confession. There is one Lifetime movie that I love. It's not necessarily a Christmas movie by nature, but it's one of those ones that happens to be during the Christmas season. Um, so in that respect, I guess it kind of is. It starred Ricky Lake. I, it's probably from the 80s. It's called Baby Cakes. I think there is a version of it on YouTube. And me and my sister Jackie loved this movie so much. Um, we saw it on Lifetime, and it wasn't... It might have come out, and it might have been filmed in the 90s, but I really think it was probably from the 80s, like, looking back on the fashion and stuff. But it was just a great movie. She played, like, an underdog. Her mom died when she was young, and she was close to her dad, but her dad just got remarried to the stepwoman who, stepmom who didn't really treat Ricky Lake's character well because she had her own kids, you know what yeah. I mean? So Ricky Lake was kind of like this loner. She had, like, one really good best friend, and they, were, they worked at a... Um, um, excuse me, a um, funeral home. They were like morticians. And uh, so Ricky Lake ends up having this crush on this guy that she always sees in the subway. And, uh, well, I won't give away too much. It is a Lifetime movie, so you can, you know, it doesn't really need much of the imagination as to what happens. But it was filmed, like, the, the, the time in the movie is supposed to be, like, a couple days before Christmas to, like, right after New Year. So during that Christmas holiday. So, you know, they do the ice skating thing and they decorate the tree and everything, so it's very Christmassy, but... I don't know why. Jackie and I always love that movie. I mean, if I watched it now, I don't really know if I'd like it. Probably. I probably still would. Just because I loved it like a lot as a kid. But I remember that. Um, there was another movie I was thinking. Oh, do you remember the movie with Patrick Dempsey, Can't Buy Me Love? Mm-hmm. I know it's not like necessarily a Christmas movie, but there is a big chunk of it that's during the Christmas season, too. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think oh. of it. Do you remember the that movie? I do remember that movie. I don't remember it being associated with Christmas at all, though. Well, there's know. probably there's a, a, a decent chunk of the movie where it's during, like, the Christmas holiday. Because mm -hmm. they have, like, a Christmas party and then, like, a New Year's party. Mm -hmm. and So just by virtue of that. But they play Christmas music. Right. And the soundtrack. So I just kind of think of that, too. And I, I love that movie. That's such a great movie. If we're going in that direction, I have to say Gremlins is one of my favorite Christmas yeah. movies. Because yeah. it does okay. take place during yeah. Christmas. Very and, much so. Uh, yep. Not exactly what I would recommend if you're at a Christmas party to watch. Yeah. Watching a mom, you know, push a gremlin into a blender and watching it splatter all over the wall. Not exactly the great <laughs> Christmas moment, but, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of movies that are based in Christmas, yeah. but they don't draw attention but they don't, it's like They're Eyes not, Wide Shut is based in Christmas. Really? Uh, it is. Okay, yeah. wow. Uh, well, that's another one of my favorite Christmas <laughs> movies is Eyes Wide Shut. Enemy know. of the State is based during Christmas. Oh, uh, Batman Returns. See, as a Batman fan, I always had issues with the fact that Batman Returns took place during Christmas because it just, it's totally it's weird because Batman is supposed to be fairly dark. And mm -hmm. I know there's a darker element to Christmas. Yeah. But uh, that I have, I'll have issues with that movie in general that I'll go into another time, but that was one of those issues I had. Another movie series that I always think about around Christmas, even though it is no way related to Christmas at all, the Harry Potter movies, mm -hmm. mostly because they were released mm -hmm. at Christmas time in the movie theater. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I feel like they came out like December 20th or whatever it was. Yes. They always came out like right around the holidays, so I remembered seeing them. 
mm-hmm. around Christmas time. So I just kind of associate it, just like the Wizard of Oz. A lot of people associate Wizard of Oz with Christmas because they always played on TV. Yeah, I don't really think of the Wizard of Oz at all as a Me Christmas neither. movie. Because I think I, I when I would see it when we were kids in the eighties, I don't recall watching it during Christmas. Although I just remember it was an event whenever you watched it because when it was on TV, it was only three networks at the yeah. time. It was a big event when yeah. you watched it. Everybody gathered around. Everybody was watching yeah. it simultaneously. Because this was before people had you know like VCRs, and so a movie coming on TV used to be a really big deal. One Christmas movie, and it's a property I love, but it's not a movie that I got into. Is a Christmas, Muppet Christmas Carol. Like I just, I never liked I it when the Muppets. I never liked it when they made the Muppets like substitute characters for other like yeah. famous Real properties. Instead of okay. making legit. Yeah, yeah. Like they take classic tales and they throw the Muppets in. Like Kermit would be Bob Cratchit. You know. Uh, I see. Okay. You know, I they did the same know. thing with Mickey. Mickey's Bob Cratchit. That's just yeah. a, that's just the thing they like to do is to make that central character. I, I, the, the Disney one though was very popular. I liked that one better. I, I don't know what it was, but I just could not get into. Those. You know why? Because the Disney one it was strictly animation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was all animation. Whereas the Muppet was a cross between real life people and Muppets. And mm-hmm. sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, you know? Yeah. That's probably why there's like a disconnect. It, it, it was. And uh, I think there was a Looney Tunes Christmas Carol, too. Yeah, I think it was like, it used to be a half hour special. Mm-hmm. They don't air it as much. And I love the Looney Tunes, but I think it might have been maybe too cynical <laughs> for Christmas. Cause or dark they're not, kind of. Yeah, they, they're, they're yeah. cynical a lot, that, yeah. that crew. So. Yeah, uh, the Princess Bride. I guess when Fred Savage does parts, there's a Christmas decoration, so they assume that that, those parts are during the Christmas season. Oh, I didn't know that. But the movie itself has nothing to do with Christmas. No, no, I would never have made that association otherwise. I wouldn't either. uh, Yeah, that kind of covers most of the Christmas movies I can think of at the moment. Me too, the ones that kind of impacted me or that I grew up watching anyway. Yeah. The weirdest one, I think we've covered it before, is a special from the mid-80s, and it's it's bizarre. I, I would definitely not recommend it. Oh, the Life and Times of Santa Claus, where they put Santa in some Tolkien-esque universe where he's it's dealing... It's really weird, like elves and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you like see not, it... Not Santa elves, I'm talking like Lord of the Rings elves. Exactly. Not, not like Santa Claus elves. So if you see it at like a like a truck stop somewhere in a bargain bin, avoid it. That's yeah. the only place you probably would find it. You could probably thing. find it on YouTube though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. You Along know. with baby cakes and I'll be home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Although that's on Netflix. Yes. Get it while you can. Yeah, our recommendation, watch I'll Be Home for Christmas over the life and times of Santa <laughs> yes. Claus. If you get anything from this podcast, that's what we get. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that uh, kind of wraps it up for us yeah. today. Uh, I think we covered as much Yuletide uh, yeah. cinema as we possibly could. And mm-hmm. uh, I want to thank Tony and Scott. And, thank uh, you. Absolutely. We'll see Even yeah. though it's not the holidays, happy holidays to yeah. everybody when they come. Yes, happy holidays <laughs> to the everybody. Season, the, spirit, the spirit of the season is always in our hearts. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Yes, yes. Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Yes. We want you to recognize yes. it. So, thanks a lot. Italian. Well, I think that's just fragile, honey. Oh, yeah.